Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Rainer's Radio, practical training for joint heirs with Christ, with your host, Diane Thomas. Diane Thomas, your host. Let's just stop and take a couple seconds and let our soul, our mind, our will, and our emotions just rest and be still and quiet and wait for spirit. Your spirit is like a magnet drawing your soul back into alignment. And your body will line up as well. These things happen over time. But some of the things we're learning is how to cooperate. When we know what's going on, we can rest more. We can be at peace and even enjoy the process. Now, this is not just understanding from our mind, but illumination from spirit, from God. God makes himself known and real And he gives us a fresh hunger for him. So, Lord, we ask you right now to do that, to you know better than we do what we need. And we just ask that you would meet those needs, Lord. Accomplish what you want in each one of us on an individual basis. You have each one of us on our own path, Lord. And yet we're all in this together, and we enjoy you, Lord. We thank you for making yourself real to us and for putting us on the path we are are on. We know what you have for us will be worth it, is what's best for us, and we embrace it, Lord. We thank you. We've been talking about how our natural senses, our physical senses, work in the natural realm and our solical senses work in the supernatural realm. And we are reminded that what's going on in spirit Your spirit is connected already 100% with God. And that's who you truly are. When you were born again, you were born again spirit. You once were dead, and now you're alive. Now there's a lot of things about how God does things that 
I don't understand, and I'm okay with that. I still ask him, but he doesn't have to answer. He's not obligated to answer my questions. But I think he likes being asked. And sometimes he does answer those questions. How does this work? Why does this not work? How come this used to work and now it doesn't? And what is the whole concept of something working or not? But one of the things that is really helpful is to understand the process. That a lot of times in order for us to let go of those things that have been working for us is that they fail. God allows them to fail, and the more we understand what he's doing, the more willing we are to let them fail. And your senses, your natural senses and your soulical senses will fail you. And God wants it that way. Because if your physical, your natural senses were accurate and truthful and perfect, and your soulical senses, remember your soul is made up of your mind, your will, and your emotions. If those functioned perfectly and related to the supernatural realm, the soulical realm, and the natural realm, if they were accurate, we wouldn't need God. So your soul will fail. Your body will fail. And the quicker we can accept that that's part of God's plan, the easier it will be to let them fall, let them fall, let them fail. Our goal is not to avoid mistakes. Instead, it's almost to make mistakes effectively. Get the most out of our mistakes. And we, we look at each one of us is different. God created each one of us different. And he, he gave us the soul he wanted us to have and the body. And he put us in the family he wanted us to be in. And in the circumstances, the time, everything about your circumstances, your environment, are exactly what God wanted you to have. Once we accept that, we go, okay, I want to make the most of the situation I'm in. How do I go about doing that? And we start by not fighting it. Now, God's going to put you in situations that he wants you to overcome with love and grace and sometimes warfare, his kind, not Natural and not even supernatural, but drawing spirit into our soul and into our body, into this realm. These, we're just starting on the bottom rungs with, with this whole concept of being one with him and accomplishing and doing and even seeing his purposes. So he puts us in situations where we can't rely 
on our soul or our natural senses, either because they have failed or because they are in the process of failing. In other words, we rely on them and they give out. Here's a little example. So many times in the um, in courts, people rely very heavily on eyewitness testimony. I saw this person do it, and that's him over there. And people go to jail for that. And yet what, what we're finding out is how unreliable eyewitness testimony is. Our brain lies to us. Not maliciously, it's just unreliable. Because when you start, we're not going to get into it deep, but, but how our brain functions is it relates something we don't understand to something we do understand. So we say, this person did it because I recognize him. When really we may recognize our brother-in-law. And so we, he looks like our brother-in-law, so we think, okay, I recognize him because he was the one who did it, when it's really we recognize him because he looks like our brother-in-law. Our mind plays tricks on us. Our emotions play tricks on us. Our will plays tricks on us. You know, we, we say, well, I really didn't mean to do that when really you did, or I meant to do that when you really didn't, or we don't make decisions because that's the easiest way to deal with things rather than going ahead and making decisions. And when we understand that this is the way God made each one of us, but we're not, that's not who we are, and that he is freeing us from our soul. He's not trying to perfect your soul or strengthen your soul or your body. He's trying to, he is going to, he's in the process of reuniting your body, soul, and spirit. We can go back to the great example of Adam and Eve in the garden. They communed with God. They communed with one another. But not physically and not solically, but spiritually. Their spirit, they spoke to one another spirit to spirit. They spoke to God spirit to spirit because they were still alive in their spirit. God created them that way. That's our natural state of being. Spirit on the outside, then soul, then body. They didn't start to know who they were without God until that spirit was taken from them. They died. In that day you shall die. They died spiritually. And all of a sudden they could see each other's body. And they, oh, we're naked. I'm naked. We need to, you know, we, 
need to cover ourselves. We need to be covered, and God covered them. They were always naked, but all of a sudden, the Spirit was no longer there to overwhelm their body and their soul. Now, we're not going to get into why God wanted that to happen. He set them up for that. But in, the, in a nutshell, it's because if that had never happened, they would never appreciate God. They would never have any great gratitude, and their relationship with God would never grow deeper than what they were already experiencing. Now, we have no idea how long they were in you know, in the garden. And we have no idea, you know, what communing with God was like. But we can experience communion with God. But our soul and our body has gotten used to not communing with God. Now, for some, this whole idea of getting your solical senses tuned to what's going on sounds daunting or scary or threatening or negative in some context. And if that's the case for you, that's fine. Don't this is not for you then right now. Cuz God is not in the fear business. He's not in the threatening business. In other words, he's not saying, if you don't learn how to do this, you're going to miss out on what I have planned for you. If you're hearing that, that's not God. He's got other things he wants to be talking to you about, communing with you about now. And the reason we are focusing and looking at the supernatural senses and what's going on in the supernatural realm and the natural realm and just experiencing our environment in those two realms is because it increases our dependence on God. It's something we can actively participate in. It's like exercise for our body. We, we find out how our body works by moving by asking more of it. We find our limitations. As long as we always go back to God. And that's what I encourage. Whatever situation you're in, it's going back to God. And where, wherever you're at, I assure you, he, it's not a surprise to him. He's not disappointed. He's not like, oh my gosh, look what's going on over there. Oh, my heavens. He's got it all under control. He knew everything that you were going to do the day you were born. He knew today about your today before he put you in the body you're in. And so did you. But we're here to experience something. Experiencing the process is what's important. And if we can grasp that, it helps us to be more objective. And why is that helpful? Because what are we after? We are after 
becoming one with our spirit. And in our spirit is rest and contentment and joy and love and peace and courage and persistence. All the, all the qualities that are God. And there's a distinction between the joy of our spirit and the happiness that's in our soul and sometimes our body. They're two dis- they're very distinct because they're distinct in the source. Where they where did that come from? Where did that contentment come from? What is it based on? And very often what we find out is we like to let our soul be in charge. It's familiar to us. Letting, letting you know, be yourself. No thank you. Myself is incomplete without being connected to God, spirit. My self will not be its true self until it's reunited with spirit. So we don't want to just be ourself without spirit. So our temperament is not trustworthy. Our natural senses are not trustworthy. What what we believe is not trustworthy. Only God is trustworthy. And so as we start to ask for supernatural experiences or whatever God wants to do to sharpen our natural senses and our supernatural senses, our solical senses, however he wants to do that for each one of us, we're not going to say, well, since it was a supernatural experience, it must be true. That's not true. Now, one of my little examples is I was working in a ministry one time, and it was just really busy, and there was other things I felt like I needed to be doing, and I was staying real late and getting there real early. And just all of a sudden, I was working, and it was like 9 o'clock at night, and I noticed there were wings at the top of the room I was working. And I knew that that it was an angel. And I'm and I stopped and looked and I'm going, "Okay, that's wings and I believe that's an angel, but I know angels don't have wings." And so I asked the Lord, "So what's going on? Why why wings?" And he said, "Because it was a clear way to get my attention." And then we had a conversation. So don't, it's not about the veracity, the truthfulness of your experience. We always go back, Lord, what am I supposed to learn from this? And Because here, this is real important for each one of us as an individual because we don't want to be distracted. 
by our experiences. We don't want to have an experience and then go, okay, now this is a, this is a doctrine. I need to write a book about this. Oh, this is God's answer for this question. Maybe. Probably not. Most of what God interrupts our life with is to get our attention. I think there, it would probably be fine if you went through your entire life without ever having a supernatural experience and just totally just did nothing but wait on him and let him change you. You don't need to have a ministry or have your gifts enlightened or have any of these experiences. Now, they're part of your birthright, and if you, you know, whatever you don't have here, we may have in the next. We don't know. But that's, it's not a requirement. It's, it's a benefit. It's a part of our growth, it, but it's not a requirement. So you're off the hook. If God, let's get, give God permission, and you already have in your spirit, but let's give him the okay to do, to train us and heal us and bring our soul into reunion with our spirit however way he chooses. And if he chooses to do it through drawing us into supernatural experiences, great. If not, that's great too. Regardless, we don't want to have our faith in our natural abilities or our supernatural abilities, our natural physical body or our soulical temperament. Your soul is something about you. Your body is a gift God gave you, but you are your spirit. Again, each one of us is in our own training room, our own classroom. And God is the teacher. He is the counselor. He's the guidance counselor. He's the principal, the coach. He grades the papers. He makes them up. He's writing your textbook. He's providing everything you need. He's in charge of it all because he loves you. It's not a reflection on him. He's not worried about getting paid or getting a raise or getting you know, a better classroom or anything. He's happy with how things are going. He loves doing what he's doing because he loves us. He loves you. Because as we respond, we receive more of him. And that's what he wants. Not in our spirit, in our soul. Remember, your soul is so used to doing things its, its own way. And God knows that. He doesn't, he doesn't hold it against us that were this way. You know, again, every mistake you've made, he doesn't see them as mistakes. It was something you went through. 
and some of us have made really big mistakes. And But we move on. And some of us are going to make really big mistakes. But there'll be something else. Again, we don't know what came before. We don't know what comes after. If, if all we learn is how to turn to him, Lord, what is this about? Lord, what's going on here? We would have gained so much from our life experience here. Now, for most of us, and again, we're approaching learning supernatural, how the supernatural works and embracing the learning process is because for most of us, it is a great way to intentionally participate in what God is doing in our lives. So we want to actively participate. Unless the Lord says, no, this is not for you for, your, for this time, that's fine. It doesn't mean anything. It just means this is not for you at this time. Take it. Take him at his word. Don't read anything into it. He may never draw you into this. That's, that doesn't make you a, a worse Christian or, or missing out on anything. Because God is the only thing we're all about, is being one with him. But if this is something God is saying, yes, I do want you to pursue this, we want to actively participate in the process to develop our senses and increase our awareness. Now, I can say what is for everyone is waiting on him. Spending time being available. Odds are doing that, even if you don't say, okay, I'm going to participate in God's teaching of the supernatural, just by being in his presence, your awareness of his presence will increase. Without even you even having to be to have any awareness of that change. So as you wait on him, he will change you. This is the the consistent giving him your time and attention, waiting on him, letting him be God to you through your spirit. He will bring you healing. Now he will make give you assignments and projects. And and we want to understand the whole, and we've talked about that. It's not about your purpose. Your purpose is to be with him. But he will assign you projects that will be part of accomplishing his purpose. Your purpose, our purpose, to be with him, to receive his love. So through the practice of waiting on the Lord, and cultivating quietness as a lifestyle. Again, we're cooperating with him. We recognize that we're not going to be so attentive to our soulical needs or our physical needs. We're going to start letting those fall away 
and start paying more attention and being available to be taught directly by God. And what this will end up being is a lot of things that we're involved in now, even good Christian things, will start to fall by the wayside. Conferences and reading books and receiving prayer and even like what we were talking about, exercising our gifts. Pursuing the supernatural can become a distraction. But there is no substitute for hearing and being taught directly by God. We rob him of his throne rights. We reject his sovereignty and his lordship when we substitute any other authority or teachings for his personal one-on-one instruction. And that includes when we we reject what he has said is truth in favor of what we believe, what we think. You know, like if, if God says, I've forgiven you for your mistakes, and you say, no, Lord, that was too big of a mistake, you can't forgive that. Or we say, no, I don't, you know, no, that can't be God because nobody can forgive, forgive me for that. God has, knows exactly, has brought you to the place you're at. You haven't missed him. He is unmissable. So acknowledge his sovereignty in your life and embrace it and enjoy it and let him be the God. And recognize that your soul is not to be trusted. It's, it's, it is what it is, and God loves your soul, but it's not the authority in your life as well as your body. Your body is not the authority in your life. He is. He's the only authority in your life. So hopefully, that was a little rambling, but hopefully it touched on some things that will be helpful. Thanks for tuning in. You can always drop me a line at diane at org. Until next week, this has been Diane Thomas of Rainers Radio. Have a great night.